0: So, full disclosure, outside of preparing for this show, I don't think that I've ever met a Scientologist in real life before. I didn't think it was possible to run into one outside of Los Angeles, but you exist, and you're here, right here in D.C.
1: Absolutely. It's actually uh, not well-known, but the church, the founding church, is actually here in D.C. and was started in 1955 by L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of the Church of Scientology. So it, it oh, is wow. the first, it's the founding church for the entire world. So we've been here in D.C. for a long time. We have five buildings. So we're, we're pretty huh. prominent, actually, here in D.C. Oh, my goodness.
0: All right, well, there's so much to discuss. You ready? We're going to get into some Interfaith-ish. This is Interfaith-ish. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and every other Wednesday right here on Tacoma Radio, we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common differences between our traditions. This week, I'm joined in the studio by Vivek Gupta, a director at the United Hindu and Jain Temple Association, A group of 16 temples in the DMV area. Vivek is also a youth ambassador to local interfaith community events. He's an engineer by profession and he's always uh, making me super jealous with all the cool travel photos that he's posting on social media. So thank you for being here with us this morning, Vivek. My pleasure. Awesome. Also with us is Sylvia Stannard, the Deputy Director of the National Affairs Office of the Church of Scientology, where she helps represent the church to Congress, the White House, and other agencies. She's also on the board of directors of the founding Church of Scientology here in D.C., and she's been a member of the church since 1975, which I believe gets you OG status, right?
1: Is that the (laughs) official term that you use in the Church of Scientology? No, actually, I just joke with people that I started when I was two years old, which I didn't, but I just (laughs) hate to date myself.
0: (laughs) Okay, so as I mentioned in the intro, I think everything I know or think I know about the Church of Scientology comes from Hollywood tabloids. So-and-so celebrity has joined the church, so-and-so celebrity has left the church. Um, So I'm really eager to hear how it is that you joined Scientology.
1: I found out about Scientology in uh, high school and friends of mine had gone into the church and were doing courses and they encouraged me to come down and find out about it so i just walked in found out did a couple courses ended up joining the staff down there so it it was just finding out in dc in dc i was living in vienna okay virginia at the time Uh and uh, came into the city you know the big city right um and went to the church and got very interested in it. it really communicated to me because that for me that was my spiritual interest i'd been looking for something that dealt with man as a spiritual being.
0: Mm. So okay so this this actually brings up a good point. So i'm curious how is scientology a religion as opposed to just a philosophy or or a spiritual practice?
1: It's a religious philosophy actually, but it deals with man as a spiritual being. We believe that that man is an immortal spiritual being that you have lived before that you'll live again. So it very much deals very similar to Buddhism and a lot of the Eastern traditions. Yeah, okay. Cool, of good. We dealing have with
0: with Hinduism there this morning.
1: Exactly. Dealing with man not as a one lifetime, not as just a, a physical body, mm-hmm. but that you are a spiritual being, which makes us very non-sexist, non-racist in any way, because we think the person themselves is a spirit. The body mm-hmm. is just the shell.
0: So how is... Um... Scientology viewed as it relates to other religions for example one of the uh, the symbols of Scientology incorporates a cross um, so is it technically a denomination considered a denomination of Christianity or is it akin to other religious traditions like you were saying Hinduism and so
1: forth it's it's not a Christian religion the the cross is actually a religious symbol that predates Jesus so it's been around for for thousands of years as a spiritual symbol so it deals with man reaching to higher heights to to something bigger than themselves Mm -hmm. and not being stuck on their own little life and their own what's happening nine to five kind of what's right there in front of them but dealing with bigger issues all of mankind the planet um your groups your your people that you're working with and and having a bigger view of yourself, but Mm -hmm. a bigger view of the world and taking some responsibility for the rest of the world.
0: Yeah. It's a new religion. It's Mm -hmm. founded in the 20th century. Coming back to that idea of using the cross, even though, as you're saying, it's a symbol that that was before Christianity as as, uh, taking it as as a religious symbol, um, do you know why then it was that was chosen? I mean, because obviously it has such weight as a Christian symbol.
1: Mm-hmm. It's actually an eight pointed cross. It's a specific mm. Scientology cross. Okay, and it deals with the eight dynamics. We believe that that life is divided into eight life forces or dynamics. So yourself, your family, your groups, all of mankind, everything, um, all of plants and animals, the spiritual universe, and God. The supreme being.
0: I see. So not necessarily specifically the crucifixion. Exactly. Um, but but more of an expression of this relationship.
1: Exactly, and dealing with all of the spiritual aspects of man. Mm-hmm. Great. So walk us
0: through a little bit. What is the day to day life and practice for a Scientologist? Is there individual practice or rituals? Are there are there certain things that you perform as a community? Come together as a community to do.
1: We come together as a community. Often for events on a weekend, on a Saturday night, or sometimes on a Sunday, really working on things that that people are interested in. But the day to day life is people live their lives. They're a doctor, lawyer, housewife, whatever they are in their life. And then we have courses and we have individual counseling. So the churches are open seven days a week. Mm -hmm. So that is set up so that people who are working nine to five can come in at night and do a course, Mm -hmm. or people who are Housewives have to be home with their kids in the afternoon, can come in in the morning or the weekends. So it's a a very flexible schedule, and people will come in and do a course about something that they're interested in that that deals with Scientology.
0: So those courses or that study, is that in place of what people might usually consider prayer?
1: Yes. Okay. It it is that, and then we have individual one-on-one counseling as well.
0: Uh-huh. So that would that would be sort of akin to pastoral services that you would have with with a, a priest or a rabbi. Exactly. Or something. Exactly.
1: Okay. Interesting. Great.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Interfaith Ish on WOWD ninety-four point three FM. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and this morning we're talking with Sylvia Stennard, the deputy director of the National Affairs Office of the Church of Scientology and my other guest vivek gupta a director and youth ambassador at the united hindu and jain temples association so vivek so far on this show in past episodes we've talked with other young adult hindus about hinduism but it's with people who have been born and raised in the us so i'm curious to hear your perspective on on the as somebody who uh, was born and raised in india how is hinduism practiced differently there than what you've observed since you've been here in the United States?
2: (laughs) Thanks, Jack, for the question. So Hinduism, I would just want to give some facts before I start talking about it. Hinduism is the third largest religion in the world. And, um, uh to be very precise, it's just not practiced only in India. It's a world religion. Uh in the US, about two point five million Hindus practice Hinduism. It's spread in Southeast Asia, um, you you know, Middle East parts of Africa, uh Caribbeans. Uh I was there last year uh in, in Guyana and Trinidad and yeah. went to Hindu temples there as well. Cool. Um so so it's uh, really a world religion uh as far as practice is concerned definitely um, in India, a lot of uh, lot of people, while I was growing up, I used to go to the temple during the festivities. And, you know, we have an altar in our house where we used to, like, worship. And, you know, it, it's just such an open, um, sort of righteous uh, uh, way of, like, practicing. Nothing is wrong. Mm. If you do not go to temple every day, if you do not, uh, you know... Uh, worship in your altar every day. You are still a Hindu. There are different philosophical, uh, you know, paths that you can um, have in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so is
0: in terms of community life. Obviously, you're going from from India, where mm-hmm. where it's the majority religion, right? Yes. To the U.S., where it's it's uh, a, a significant religious minority, right? Right. Right. Um, so, what is community life like? Particularly, I would say, for for other millennials, folks of of, of our
2: age group that that are are looking uh, or or maybe grew up in a Hindu community. Yeah, so it's a little bit different in India as compared to the U.S. Um, uh, As you mentioned, it's majority religion in India, so you would uh, see a lot of um hindu festivals and cultures and you know um spiritual uh, leaders talking and stuff like that in the u.s it's a little bit different in the dmv area the organization that i'm part of united hindu and jain temples the uhjt is a group of about 15 temples mm. in the local area and um, we uh involve ourselves in the community service social uh, cultural events like a uh, couple weeks ago, I was part of the Unity Walk in DC that was organized by the Interfaith. Uh, before that, you know, we always organize like a Diwali festival from mm-hmm. UAJT perspective, um, Interfaith gatherings. A lot of the people in the in the DMV area are um, are also sort of not even if they are not Hindus, they are in some way sort of upholding the values of Hindu system, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, because yoga, which is just a big part of Hinduism, it's one of the philosophical branches of the six branches in Hinduism, mm-hmm. um, is so widespread in the US, especially, mm. uh, you won't see u- yoga studios in India, but a different taste of Hinduism can be seen in the US, yeah. where, you know, every corner uh, has a yoga studio now and people do um, sort of yoga with the Asanas in practice, mm-hmm. but there is definitely a philosophical realm of how, you know, this practice has been followed in the U.S. Right. right. It's
0: infused in the culture, even though people aren't necessarily people... aware that there's Hindu roots for, for these. Yeah, practices. exactly. In other uh, religious communities, we're, we're seeing a lot of conversation around um, uh, young adults falling off from their religious practice uh, that that they've stepped away from the the uh, religious traditions of their parents and their grandparents. Sometimes they circle back around again when they have kids themselves, and, and it becomes a different important in a different way in their lives. In Hinduism, is it the same thing? Do you find that that's the case in for for young adults in the local Hindu community?
2: Um, I think the local uh, kids in the Hindu community are uh, definitely well-knit in the community, but also they are exposed to other religions and other, you know, different things that are out here as compared to some of, uh, you know, other kids which are living in Uh, different parts of the country. Uh, It also depends on um, where exactly you are, um, Hmm. in in which uh, part of the country you are, especially in the DMV area where we see a lot of uh, part period of cultures and different identities. I think um, a lot of um, you know, first generation Hindu kids or even those who come from, from India, like me, we do celebrate festivals. We do go to the events um, uh, and go to the temples. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of people practicing uh, different forms of art, dance, which are part of Hindu religion. The classes are held in the temples and uh, in some non-religious, um, you know, institutions yeah. um, and where they they sort of carry and uphold the values. And I think it's an all-encompassing religion. Um, even if you are sort of like non-believer, mm. you can still be a Hindu culturally.
0: So is, it, is it is it possible then to be... Uh, to consider
2: oneself to identify as a secular Hindu or a humanist Hindu or even an atheist Hindu, yeah. And uh, to be to be honest, like um, uh, uh, Hinduism affirms to the unity and oneness of God, which can be represented in variety of forms. So you know, gods exist in everything from humans to animals, plants. You know, in all beings. So we we are not That's limiting the different, th- th- of God different God representation. Different representation of you know, you can see elephant God. You can um, so one supreme consciousness, which is the Brahman, uh, which is a uh, higher consciousness, but sometimes for us human beings, it's hard to comprehend what that would be, right? Mm-hmm. So we manifest that in the forms of male and female deities. Um, in hinduism right Mm. because it's easier for us to have our attention span on a figurine or a deity, and then you know from there on have the spiritual connection Uh, that's why uh, you can see elephant god ganesha or you know other gods from different um, there are many to choose from (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, so i think we are encompassing of uh, not just those who are believers, but also non-believers. In fact, one of the philosophical branch of Hinduism um, uh, is uh, questioning the existence of God. Hmm. So you can be an agnostic or an atheist, but still have a place in Hinduism. Uh, That's one of the philosophical branches, especially the Orthodox Hindu schools. The reason I'm saying Orthodox is because they are highly uh, uh, scripture based. Mm -hmm. Um, So a couple of the major philosophical branches of Hinduism, which are highly scriptural Orthodox based, they do have a perfectly logical reasoning uh, and they are accepted, uh, Mm -hmm. even if you are a non-believer. Great. If you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish on WOWD
0: 94.3 FM. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and we've been talking this morning with Vivek Gupta, a director and youth ambassador at the United Hindu and Jain Temple Association, and Sylvia Stannard, the deputy director of national affairs of the Church of Scientology. Sylvia, uh, turning back to you, um, I understand that in D.C., where, where I live, your colleague Sue Taylor uh, represents the church on the D.C. Mayor's Interfaith Council. And I'm curious how this came to be, given that presumably there are many even larger communities that are in the district that maybe don't have a seat at that table. So how, how did the Scientologists come to be on the the Mayor's Interfaith Council?
1: Um, they're looking for diversity, so there are, yes, there's a lot of Baptist ministers, so there's a Baptist, but there's also a Methodist, a Catholic, um, so a lot of different religions. So the point is to have diversity to talk about the issues, because what they're talking about are things like homeless issues and uh, the water tax and what's happening with repairing the water systems underneath and mm-hmm. and. All kinds of things that, that affect churches that people don't think with, mm-hmm. where they're not really thinking with this new water tax going in, and that's sometimes a $1,000 a month for a church in Southeast is a huge blow. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're talking about, and Sue became involved. I think she's been something like 18 years now. Yeah, it's a very long-standing Long time. Mm -hmm. Through administrations. Through different administrations, and she just keeps getting invited back because I think she's just somebody who's there and able to communicate and talk about these issues that that affect the religious groups, like parking. It's kind of silly, but... It's an issue.
0: It's a real issue for religious communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so the church itself, aside from the historical view of it being here uh, since its founding, mm-hmm. are there ways in which the, the church is active in in the district itself, you're saying, you know, on these issues uh, pertain to neighborhoods and so Very, forth.
1: very active. We have a whole program called Drug-Free World where we are out constantly at booths and working with the U.S. Attorney's Office and the D.C. Police and the Fire Department on talking about promoting... Some of the things about the drug issues, the opioid epidemic, really educating youth, particularly about what some of the dangers are and what happens and what to look for so that they can make educated decisions and not end up kind of in that horrible spiral. And it's not just youth, for instance, that the whole opioid epidemic, most people don't know, at least for D.C., the average heroin addict is 45 to 65. Mm. So it's a older demographic than you would think. And what so, what is
0: the type of treatment that um, that you all are involved with providing, or is it simply just advocating for these issues to be? We do we something?
1: do both, advocating for the issues and advocating for prevention and education so that people don't go into that because most today's heroin addicts, for instance, got there from prescription painkillers, not mm-hmm. from street drugs, mm-hmm. and then they became addicted they end up going to heroin because it's cheaper than actually the prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. So that's an issue we're very active on. We're very active on promoting human rights. We have a whole program promoting youth for human rights. And Mm -hmm. again, talking to students and, and, Schools and promoting just the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which was written by the UN in 1948. Most people don't even know it exists.
0: And a big part of that is religious freedom, and religious that's a freedom. big a, a big uh, advocacy um, platform that that the Church of Scientology has. So how how are you working with interfaith partners, either here locally in DC in the DC area or on a national level um, or international level, really, to address religious freedom?
1: We work with a, a group that we help to establish called the. Um, international religious freedom roundtable. We meet weekly. Often somebody from the State Department or USAID comes, and we talk about different issues in different countries. We do joint letters to support the Hindus on something that's happening here or elsewhere. That to support the Catholics on some of their issues. To support um, Christians are being killed in China. Uh, so. For instance, next week we're having a, um, our annual anniversary party and we're, we're doing an award for five China's, China groups that are promoting for human rights and religious freedom in China because there are actually uh, Uyghur Muslims who are detained in northern China. They have up to eight uh, 2 million people in detention camps mm-hmm. to, quote, re-educate them and get them out of their religion, to get them to renounce their religion. Mm and their cultures, so that's the kind of thing we're fighting against and saying this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that in all these countries. There's there's so many countries. There was um, a second ministerial to advance religious freedom at the State Department that I attended. We had 106 countries that sent senior level people, and over a thousand NGOs and community civil groups, religious groups, there working together on religious freedom everywhere Mm. because if your religion is is opposed or having problems or being unfairly targeted like for instance in the u.s there are a lot of muslim temples um that that can't get zoning they're fought because Mm -hmm. they're trying to just keep them out not Mm legally Because of islamophobia exactly Mm -hmm. not because there's really something legally wrong with that place or the zoning or the parking or you know all these things but they'll bring up these issues to prevent people from moving in. Hmm. So those kind of things that we work with other religious groups to to help everybody because everybody's religion is a minority somewhere. Vivek, I want to hear
0: from you on this topic of uh, religious freedom as well. Um, a lot of the news coming out of India these days has to do with Prime Minister Modi and his platform of, of Hindu nationalism um, and their concerns there around religious freedom as well. Um, so I'm curious
2: what what is your uh interpretation of hindu nationalism what does that mean to you so i want to be really very clear uh, jack that hindu nationalism word is a misnomer you know what's the meaning of the word nationalism Uh, it comes from nation right so a nation can be a nationalism you know people living in the nation can be nationalist because they care about the beliefs and stuff like that right um, and every nation, if they love or believe and care about their nation, can be nationalist. But there's no religion as such as there's nothing called a Hindu nationalism. Uh, this is a uh, misnomer, spin out, or somehow the right news doesn't even reach to us out in the West, what actually happens in India. Mm. Um, and um, I would like to give you some facts, actually. So when it comes to religious uh, pluralism, historically, India is home to the persecuted Jews' refugees. You know, uh, before Christianity was even born, and uh, Jorastrians in modern-day uh, Iran, back then it was Persia, when they were, um, you know, persecuted, they came to India and they sh- uh, sheltered in India. Um, then you have Armenian Christians uh, that were um, being persecuted by Ottoman Empire. They came and found refuge and shelter in India. Um, Indians as churches before Rome had the heard Rome had heard of the word Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know uh, Syrian churches uh, have been in India for for a long long time. Um, the very belief system that actually then persecuted these uh, when they came to India started persecuting the Hindus right but from a historical geopolitical landscape, uh, you know India has gone through a lot uh, mm-hmm. in the past1,000 years. Yeah. Um, in the modern day, what it means is that there, in the last 70 years of independence um, from the Britishers, um, religious minorities have doubled in India. Um, countries around India, like Afghanistan, Pakistan, Bangladesh, the religious minorities are now one-tenth of their minorities which use, used to be there. So um, not only numerically, but economically also, uh, the minorities in India have, have been have thrived, uh, and um, and which which is not the case uh, somewhere else in the world. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, in 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 the U.S. If you ask me, uh, Pew Research actually um, uh, lists this data publicly that uh, one of the most educated people in the U.S. and the richest of the per capita segment in the U.S. based on religion are Hindu people. Those mm-hmm. who are most educated and uh, rich and contributing to the American economy um, so I think the the word Hindu nationalism is a mis- misnomer yeah there can so, be Indian nationalism because right. people are definitely you know zealous and they feel the need of uh, after all this colonial subjugation mm. people want to stand up to their rights uh, stand up to to uh, oppression um, but the religious minorities have been thriving in India Uh, Just to let you know, there are four major religions that were born in India. Mm. Sikhism, Jainism, Buddhism. Lord Buddha was born in India Mm. and created uh, uh, Buddhism and then it spread in Southeast Asia. And also Hinduism. And India has been a a board for all the other religions as well. More than 200 million Muslims, which is second largest Muslim congregation, lives in India after Indonesia.
0: Right. So, so Hinduism, as you talked about at the beginning of the show, is is a religion that it, is very embracing. It's uh, it, it seems like there's a, a, a really um, I don't know if it's a mandate right in the teachings of the religion. But but there's a, a pluralism that that feels like it's really at the core of the tradition. Right. Yes. So thinking about India, just as we think about about the U.S. and concerns that we have here. Are you, how do you view, particularly from your, you know, your religious standpoint, the rhetoric that uh, seems to, you know, incite intolerance and, and, and violence against certain religious groups like Muslims and Sikhs, for example?
2: Yeah, so um, I would say that uh, minorities, as I mentioned, minorities have been living very peacefully in India and have been thriving uh, for last so many years um, not uh, not just being uh, other religions being uh, refugees and given abode in india um, religions have uh, spin up from different hindu belief systems within india you know one of the uh, biggest bahai temple is in, mm-hmm. uh, in delhi uh, the lotus temple mm-hmm. um, so I feel that uh, the news segments that we receive are sometimes mostly opinions rather than fact-based hmm. news uh, out in the West. And there definitely seem to have a lot of cultural divide in the West that we sometimes are not able to understand what the news is and the right news never reaches to us, right? And uh, I would also want to tell you that Hinduism is not really a um, key uh, or a religion found in India itself, mm. Hindus have been living peacefully around the world. It's third largest major world religion. Um, definitely, pluralism is part of um, you know a Hindu belief system. Uh, I would just. Quote a prayer uh, like some Sanskrit mm-hmm. verses here, and I would tell you the meaning. Like uh, Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina, Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Badrani Paschantu Bhavet. The Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Uh, the meaning of this is that may all live happy, may no one have illness, may all seek the spiritual enlightenment, and may peace be with all of us. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's not just uh, related. Uh, and limited only to humans mm. we believe that all beings and in fact the whole cosmos known and unknown has roots in which hindu hindus believe mm-hmm. within your community
0: here in the us um are there concerns about christian nationalism and and the um the rise of that here and the ways in which immigrant groups like uh folks from india Regardless of of religious tradition, whether they be Hindu or Muslim or Sikh or any other yeah. tradition, are 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 maybe be
2: persecuted and misidentified and facing racist attack here. That's a that's a great question, uh, Jack. So um, in the DMV area where I'm um, mostly I'm living from last nine years, um, I know a lot about this area. We have about fifteen to sixteen temples. Um, There have been cases where there are racial hate crimes and Hindu hate crimes where temples have been vandalized. Uh, I go to a temple in Chantilly, Virginia, Rajdhani Mandir, and the temple had a lot of graffitis being built, uh, you know, and like spray painted. Um, There have been some um, um, fringe elements here and there that you would see who would want to denigrate it. And I think they they come from a place where they are not highly educated from what what this is. um and i think that's where hinduism stands strong because we believe in mutual respect we believe in tolerance we believe that if we worship if you worship without idols it's just fine you have your own way of life and and hindus if i can get attainment by you know believing in uh in a uh, in in idols or in deities um definitely that would be something that i should be given freedom to and and All religions are protected with, you know, freedom of expressions in the U.S. So um, by and large, I don't see a whole lot of discrimination in the area, but there are definitely cases where we have seen uh, Hindu hate crimes. What efforts we have taken proactively as UHJT to fight these are we do sort of our training sessions with our priest, uh, with local, um, you know, officers, like from uh, uh, police officers, county officers, uh, congressmen, and also uh, local news uh, agencies, because the news that we consume these days from media can be uh, very um, sort of unresearched and uneducated as well, based on a lot of uh, biases that inherently we all humans have, right? So we try to take efforts to... Uh, propagate the right word about Hinduism, invite them to the temple, go meet a Hindu neighbor if you know one. Uh, right now there's a Navaratri festival going on where it's a nine-day uh, feminine DT Durga festival. Um, and um, and just talk to a Hindu out there. You know, the best way we can prevent these racial hate crimes would be by talking to other people, by sharing what we have, by l- listening and learning. And I think Hindus have been extremely generous Uh, historically and presently, um, you know, encompassing different value systems.
0: If you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish on WOWD 94.3 FM. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and this morning we've been talking with Vivek Gupta, Director and Youth Ambassador at the United Hindu Jain Temple Association, and Sylvia Stannard, the Deputy Director of National Affairs Office of the Church of Scientology. So in the first half of our program, uh, we heard about our guests and their practices and their communities. And now, as we do every episode in the second half of our program, it's time to turn over the mics to my guests to hear what they have in terms of questions uh, for each other. This is an opportunity for each of you to ask each other something that you'd like to follow up on about each other's spiritual journeys or practices, anything you are familiar with coming today that you want to understand better, or anything that you realize that you may have misunderstood. On our show, we seek to model constructive and respectful dialogue in the spirit of learning, while at the same time not being afraid to roll up our sleeves and get into some interfaith-ish. So, with that, Vivek, do you have any questions for Sylvia?
2: Um, I'm very interested to learn more about Scientology because I've not had a whole lot of uh, 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 discussions or perhaps I've never met somebody. Uh, I thought of Scientology as a philosophy more than as a religion. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's great to know uh, that it started from the D.C. area.
1: Thank you. Well, um, Scientology is align very much to Hinduism as far as being really thinking of the whole cosmos and the whole universe as part of living, breathing organism that works together. And one big thing about Scientology is that we believe there's a supreme being, but we don't tell you that it looks like this or it is exactly this. And and we leave that up to the individual as part of their spiritual quest to figure out what that is for themselves. So there are Baptists that are also Scientologists. There are Catholics that are also Scientologists. Most Scientologists are just Scientologists, but we don't um, prohibit people from following other religious paths at the same time, which it sounds almost like Hindus do a similar thing, which is very interesting. We don't, believe that there's a god in all the animals, which I think you do, but we believe that there is a, there's spirit, there's, there's some living force. So everything living, including plants and animals, have some life force in them. So to respect that, to be aware of that, to work with that, and to take some responsibility, not, not just for yourself, your, your community, but also All of that, it all works together. And that's, again, where for me is proof of there being a supreme being. Just if you kind of, as an engineer, think through that we breathe oxygen. Plants need carbon dioxide to survive, and they breathe it in, and they put out oxygen. And the fact that we can eat plants and animals, and that can help us survive. And just if you really look at all everything, how it all works together so well, you kind of go, it can't just have been some mud explosion and there was no planning no foresight no no thought to kind of make everything work together so that's interesting, interesting.
2: yeah yeah we believe that there are uh, there is consciousness which are uh, which is uh you know all pervading not just uh in 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 our planet but it's just all pervading consciousness in the universe and we are part of it mm-hmm. um and uh, uh hindus have typically been really very um Uh, You know, in this D.C. DMV area, I would talk about, it was a very evolving process. So people from 1960s and 70s, when they came in the U.S., they, of course, had a culture shock of how can they practice their religion? How can, you know, because it's a majority Christian religion, you know, there are about 100 and um, I was reading somewhere online. There are about like 147 uh, countries which are uh, Christian countries, 40 to 50 of them are Muslim countries. There are 10 Buddhist countries, one Jewish country, Israel, and there is no Hindu country as such. Most of the countries where Hindus are in majority are secular countries like India. So when people came here uh, in 60s and 70s, they were interested in like, you know, building temples so that there is a place for them to go and practice and meet like-minded people, right? So, Hinduism evolved in the West a lot. I have um, I have uh, um, I, I was doing some reading and found out that the the west first heard about hinduism was from a uh, recent time um, was from swami vivekananda when he represented world um, parliament of world religions in mm-hmm. uh, in 1893 almost 160 years ago uh you know in in chicago um, and um, i remember that uh, at his 150th anniversary in 2012 um uh, a local temple in the DMV area in Burdenswell Maryland Washington Kali Temple in association with uh, Parliament of World Religion in Chicago organized his 150th anniversary to honor this great saint that first came and uh, talk about Hinduism in the Parliament religion so i have a question
1: for you i'm interested because you talk about deities and um i know you know the elephant god and you have different deities that you worship is that, I'm not sure how to communicate this concept, but I'm curious, what's the overall concept? Is there a different deity for different things? Um, like the the Catholics have a saint for animals and a saint for this and a saint for that. Do the different deities represent different things or is it just you choose your own, what it means to you?
2: So I would like to, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think from a um, from a bigger perspective, Hindus have received their religion through the revelation from Vedas, right? And um, they hold that the Vedas are without beginning and without an end, right? It can sound ludicrous to some audience that, you know, how can a book be without end and without beginning? But... Um, what what be, by Vedas they don't mean it uh, as a book, but it's sort of like accumulated treasury of like the spiritual laws governing and discovered by different person in different times. So like there's definitely just as law of. Gravitation existed before uh, its discovery mm-hmm. and uh, it would exist if all humanity forget it. So is with the laws that govern the spiritual world and they have been like through uh, hearing and through practice being uh, written in Vedas and we believe Vedas as to be a spiritual book. And, you know, from there on, uh, different stories, people are free to comprehend them in whatever way they like. And uh, the... the the freedom to choose in worship which God you want to choose, uh, what story resonated the most with you, if uh, is completely fine and logical, to be honest, right? Because truth can be one, but it can be reached from different ways. So if I were to believe in Shiva, and you were to believe in Krishna, it's just totally relevant. Totally relevant. Both of the practices can be different, but can be equally exist in harmony. And, um, if you do not believe in anything, that's fine too. As I was mentioning earlier, being an atheist, being agnostic about the fact that whether God exists or not, um, or God definitely does not exist. If you believe in either of those, that's also one of the set of different philosophical, you know, verticals that we have in Hinduism. So, um, it's, it's a salad bowl, I would say, and pick and choose what you like? (laughs)
1: That's a great analogy. Um, I'm also interested in Jainism because I've heard of it, yeah. and I don't understand at all what Jainism versus Hinduism, or is it just a uh, like we have uh, Protestants, but then there's different uh, yeah. sects underneath that.
2: So Jainism it... predates Buddhism, um, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, Jains believe in also reincarnation and moksha. Um, their philosophy, there, there, there can be some metaphysical differences in the way how one can reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jains and Hindus have a lot of similarities, uh, such as you know the roots of vegetarian uh, vegetarianism are from uh, sects of Hinduism and sects of Jain people. Jains are totally vegetarian. They are mm-hmm. similarly as uh, uh, believers in Hindus uh, in Hinduism that. Um, you know, non-violence is a big thing and uh, Jains do believe in non-violence also and I think ahimsa uh, parmo dharma which means non-violence is the biggest religion, um, that's the reason why they do not want to kill any animals or anything like that mm-hmm. and I think it's uh, it's important that how Jains have been thriving in India uh, with a different sort of belief system metaphysically but culturally how they are sort of related to everyday's practice when it comes to, you know, spirituality, reincarnation, uh, you know, karma. Karma is a big sort of like a revolving uh, from birth and rebirth of cycle and, you know, your bank balance basically. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of uh, similarities, I would say, uh, rather than differences except metaphysically and epistemologically.
1: I think that's a really good point that I think all religions have in common the goal of peace. That's one of the aims of Scientology is, yeah. is um, a world without crime, without, uh, without war. That's one of the aims of Scientology. And I think all religions have that common reality of we're all better off and why are we killing each other? We're all God's children. Whatever version you choose for your religion or your where you come from, we're all mankind. We're all the same so, I think that's a, a a very common thing that isn't talked about enough
2: yes uh and i I agree with you uh but then there is a definitely a contradictory view that if we all want peace, why there is conversion at the first place why there are you know missionaries that go out parts of the world who tries to who try to convert people and show them that this is the as truth or this is the only truth right so I feel like if we were to be peaceful all which we are we should live up to all our religions which says that you know you truth can be one but can be expressed or believed in different uh, ways and I think uh, having mutual respect is very important having people from a different belief system is also very important. If we really want peace, which we all do, especially in this time of the year, mm-hmm. this time of the world that we live in.
1: I agree. And I think um, going out and, and disseminating and talking about your religion and trying to convert somebody, I I think it's totally fine. I don't have a problem with it. Anybody, if, if you truly, honestly, sincerely believe something, to talk to somebody else and say, this is my truth, I think that's that's healthy and that's a good communication that people should be having, like this show, where you're really discussing amongst right. each other. Where that line becomes not, shouldn't be crossed, is when there's any kind of violent or um, forceful, you know, forceful conversions or locking somebody up, like in China, where they're locking people up in these re-education camps until they suddenly realize, oh, I shouldn't be a Muslim I shouldn't be Uyghur I shouldn't be this then they're let out well that that's where the line crosses I think very much as you and that gets into the religious freedom aspect where people should be free to talk about their religion in some countries there are anti-blasphemy laws which are harmful in that they are locking up people um in Pakistan, there was a woman, Asia Bibi, who was who was locked up and given a death sentence for blasphemy because she dr- was Christian and she drank out of the communal well. And that was considered blasphemous because mm. she, quote, dirtied the well. So that's where you get into real problems. But I think just open, frank communication and being able to talk about your religion, I think, is super healthy. Right. But, but uh, that violence or, or, you know, laws. I agree.
0: I want to jump in here and just just ask uh, sort of on that same topic in terms of internal discussions within each of your communities, not to air dirty laundry or anything like that, but I think it's it's a unique opportunity also to peek behind the curtain as as it were. What are some of the thorny questions that that come up when in when you're in 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 community with each of your respective religious organizations?
1: Well, I think for me, as you alluded to in the beginning, so many people think Scientology is just celebrities because that's all they hear about. And for me, I get really annoyed when there's these tabloids that are, you know, this celebrity broke up with his wife because of Scientology. And it just gets so annoying and, and really irritating to just say, oh, and no celebrities who aren't Scientologists ever get divorced? you know it just is so ridiculous and so over the top to just say that anything that somebody does and then a celebrity does something that maybe i wouldn't even agree with necessarily and then it's all scientologists believe x you know all scientologists believe y you mm. know there's there's a couple of people who in our community And it's a very, very small minority and actually isn't anything in the teachings. But there's some people that are anti-vaccine. So then I've seen articles that say, Mm. Scientologists are anti-vaxxers. I vaccinate all my kids. I'm not (laughs) an anti-vaxxer. So that where one person does something or says something and Mm. then it becomes everybody believes X. That to me is super annoying and uh, a problem for us as far as people believing that.
0: And how is that discussed within within the community how how do you i mean for for the few scientologists who aren't major a list celebrities <laughs> for the how, millions of scientologists that are not a list how do how do they how do you all does, i mean is it all just sort of ugh i can't believe we've got another story like that or is that like it, it is it is it actually a a a concern does it weigh heavily on 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 people within the community who are just trying to live their lives
1: i think it it is a double edged sword because on one hand it's like oh Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. John Travolta is a Scientologist. So that's kind of cool in that people are now finding out about Scientology, but then, you know, anytime they they stub a toe, it's suddenly a big controversy. Um, So I think it's a double-edged sword where it goes both ways. I think the biggest thing that we've done is we started our own TV station called Scientology.tv, then anybody can just go on the Internet and and watch. So they can find average Scientologists, and we've done a whole show on Meet a Scientologist where we've just – Met people that are professional s- skateboard people, or they have a YouTube with a million channels that are teaching people, people how to ski, or <laughs> you know, yeah, normal people. But but also you know people who's who an environmentalist uh-huh. or runs a zoo or you know just sort of normal people, mm-hmm. so that they can see that they're not all Hollywood celebrities. Right,
0: right. Vivek, what about, what about for you? What what would you say? What are the types of discussions within the Hindu community where that 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 are that are discussed, not necessarily debated, in, in sort of a big clash or something like that, but but uh, issues that 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 are being discussed within your temples.
2: Uh, that's a great question, uh, Jack. Uh, so I I, I see uh, out in the west uh, the discussion is a little bit different um, than what it is in back back home in India, right? Um, out here I see a dichotomy of two sort of uh, line of thoughts. Um, I think I I meet people, those who are really fascinated by one of the oldest religion. Uh, Hinduism is the oldest religion of the world about dating about six to 7,000 years old. Um, And they are fascinated by just the culture uh spirituality element of it and uh, you know from a practicing yogi to uh meditate meditation to uh you know uh, day-to-day temple goers right i meet a lot of people those who are those who have not had a whole lot of uh, uh, instructions and learning about culture of Hinduism, but they Is there converts picked up
0: to Hinduism that you're saying. Um, people that
2: are just interested in learning about it. Some of some of them have practiced Hinduism uh, in some part of their life, mm. and some of them uh, practice every day. Some of them believe that there is a, a higher power. Like So there are a bunch of people out there. Um, I've, I've seen people uh, coming up to me and saying like, hey, um, uh, tell me a little bit more about Hinduism, you know. So I see a lot of people fascinated with the ancient culture uh, and traditionally with Eastern cultures, you know. Um, uh, we don't see a whole lot of uh, of them in in the West, out in the West, and uh, the the only way we get to hear about them is through either people or through media. And sometimes the media can be a little bit uh, not very accurate in the description because uh, you cannot talk about a eight thousand year old religion in one page <laughs> on a newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it. And then there are other sort of people where I met those who are uh, those who do not know anything but are really interested in knowing, Um, in our Hindu community, we have dialogues of how can we get involved in the community better? How can we show that uh, we are a minority and we practice this and uh, we have done so much of good work in the community, you know, uh, involving youths that's part of one of the things that I do, uh, in, in United Hindu and Jain temple as a youth ambassador, uh, to interfaith, um, every year from last five years, I've been going to the youth interfaith leadership summit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was my chance to, you know, talk to different sort of people. And at times I was the, I was one of the uh, few Hindus in the, in the whole event. Right. Um, so, um, how can we increase the participation what can we do to educate uh, people about the real hinduism what it is and i think that's that's the big discussion that we have um and also it's a fun religion to be honest we have festivals all around the <laughs> <laughs> corner and we have food festivals you know I if you go to that, the food. <laughs> yeah, can't beat the food every sunday you go to any of the temples around dc area 16 to 20 temples around in this area get indian food and uh, <laughs> learn some something about uh, some of the gods or the practice or culture uh, right. so i would uh, ed- educate i would tell our audience to you know if they are interested to learning more about hinduism just go meet another hindu person that you know and if you don't know just reach up to him and ask are yeah. you a hindu tell me more about it <laughs> how can people find out about the united hindu and jain temple association um, here in s- dc yeah so we are uh, we have a website united uh, hindu jain temples uh, website that you can search on google and then we have a facebook group if you are interested you can reach out to me and i can i can happy to arrange a temple tour or anything mm-hmm. like that um, best if, way to reach you best What's way to reach me is through be? Facebook okay. um, or through uh, you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they can, they <laughs> through can the radio show. <laughs> <interface-ish>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: Great. Um, Sylvia, how about, how about for you? Uh, ways in which folks who are interested in learning more about Scientology?
1: We have a Facebook page for the Church of Scientology National Affairs Office, which is more the public policy issues that we're working on. Then there's also a Facebook page for the founding Church of Scientology. So anybody can reach out there. They can... Our churches are open all the time, so anybody can stop in 9 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Monday through Friday or 9 to 6 on the weekends, can stop in and ask for a tour. There's a lot of interactive videos they can watch, but really now with a new TV station, anybody can watch it on TV, or they can just go to Scientology.tv and find out a lot just by watching different shows and they can choose their own show. So it's not, you don't just have to watch what's live. There's, there's options of going back and seeing which shows you're interested in watching and find out about it. There's shows on different churches in, in Miami and Denver and Inglewood, Harlem, you know, so you can sort of see where you're interested in, what areas, and there'll be a show about that church, what they're doing in the community, where they are, who's a member, that sort of thing.
2: Um, yeah just one last thing about um, Hinduism that I've seen out in the west Um, you know many people sort of seek and when they seek they sort of don't believe but they Mm. seek towards the conquest of something bigger and Hinduism has been a religion for seekers uh, instead of believers like when you believe you are tied to this philosophy into this bound that you have to you know be in it Uh, but anytime when we have boundaries we are limited so the only time when we don't have boundaries uh, we are truly open to different ideas same as the consciousness which is boundless and all-pervading great thank you very much well i want to thank both of you for for being here with me today i thought this was a very
0: fruitful discussion wide-ranging discussion got to hear about a lot of different interesting topics so thank you both for being so open
1: and thank you for having us
0: Dear listeners, that's a wrap on this week's interfaith-ish. I want to again thank my guests Vivek Gupta, a director and youth ambassador at the United Hindu and Jain Temple Association, and Sylvia Stenard, the deputy director of the National Affairs Office of the Church of Scientology. As always, I want to give a shout out to my fellow interfaith astronauts Miranda Hofmeier and Sue Katz Miller, and our musical maestro Jeff Philosopher. And thank you, dear listeners, for spending your hour with us. You can find our entire back catalog of Interfaith-ish episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, anywhere you find quality podcasts. We're on social media at Interfaith-ish, and please keep writing us about the Interfaith-ish you wish to dish at interfaithish at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-A-I-T-H-I-S-H at gmail.com. Interfaith-ish will be back in two weeks. Until then, keep it locked to WOWD 94.3 FM for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at TacomaRadio.org.